Welcome back. My name is Pastor Ernest Dahmer. We are High Definition Church Online, getting ready to get into the Word. We reach people um, and raise them up for life in Christ. That's in four parts. Come, connect, serve, and share. If you're tuning in with us on the Sunday, or if you're connected and you're in here on this uh, Saturday, that means you are handling that first part, coming together. We believe that it's essential. If you look through the Bible, you'll recognize that the people of God coming together to hear about him is one of the most essential um, portions of our, it's a foundational part of our practice. And so I thank everybody that's here. What we're going to do is go ahead and get into the word. So I have been in a series called Reset. And in this series called Reset, I have been, um, I started out with one text that was in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I have moved over to uh, the last couple of weeks to a text in 1 Peter in chapter 2. So I'm going to start in that text. It's in 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And here we go. I've, I read and I will read today 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 2 through 10. Um, 2 through what? Ten. 2 through 10. All right. Since I got y'all here, I'm going to engage y'all as much as possible, especially since we got some young folks uh, in here. I wanted to hear some call and response. Okay, so 1 Peter chapter 2, 2 through 10. All right, thank you. We're coming from the New International Version. I'm going to start reading in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, uh, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Okay, uh, and I'm going to go back to the old te the text that I read er earlier in the series, but I'm not going to read it now. Uh, we're in part four of this series, Reset, the final week of this series, Reset. And the title of today's message is A People for the People. A People for the People. All right, let's pray. Whew, Lord God, I want to thank you. I thank you that we're here today at this moment, Lord. People giving up their time uh, to be here in person. People giving up their time, sacrificing their time, <laughs> submitting their time. Um, collaborating with their time to come together um, online on Sunday uh, to hear this message, to receive your word. And so, Lord, you know me, you know my heart, you know what I don't want. 
I don't want this to just be a religious practice. I don't want this to be just me up here talking. I don't want this to be something that has no impact after we leave this room. What I am believing for, what I am trusting for, what I'm hoping and praying that we will agree together on is for supernatural encounter, for grace and power, for you to be here in the midst of this meeting, sharing with us, not just from my mouth, but Holy Spirit ministering among us. Lord, we believe that you're real. Your word teaches that wherever there are two or three gathered together in your name, that you're here in the midst of us. And Lord, we are here in your name, in the name of Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings to do one thing, to come closer to you, to sit under your teaching, to submit to you, to open our hearts to you, to open our minds to you to love you in this moment and receive what you have for us. So let's make that happen, Lord. We ask that you be faithful to deliver to us in Jesus' name. All God's people say, amen. amen. All right, so today my message is fairly simple. My message is fairly simple, and that is that we are the people. We are the people. Say, we are, we are the, people. the people. We are, we are the people. The people. So when I say that, I'm looking back at verse nine, which I preached about last week. And what did I say last week? Uh, the text says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And so there are four different ways that uh, Peter here uh, uses speaking to believers to describe them um, so they understand who they are. Because one of the biggest dilemmas that each and every one of us deal with and each and every one of us encounter is not being confident in who we are, okay? Not being confident that you are a unique creation of God. Not being confident that he made you and shaped you. Not being confident that he gave you a purpose. Not being confident that he loves you because he made you. Not being confident in any of those things. And, and because of that, we walk around without clear vision. We walk around without clear purpose. We walk around frustrated, trying to earn value trying to make ourselves worthy. And that's just not the way that God designed for us to live. He didn't design us to live from a place of striving to be worthy. He made us from a place of, I made you so you're worthy. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> and so what I'll have to say based on this verse nine is that we are the people, we are the people God chose. We are the people God chose. We are the people God chose. We are the elect. We are the adopted. It's just like those people that are pet people adopting a pet and you're like, this is a part of the family, but it's even better than that because it's more like um, adopting a child. I'm seeing someone, seeing someone who's weak, seeing someone who's vulnerable, looking at that person and not pitying them, but looking at that person with love and saying, you know what? This person right here, I want them to share in all that I have. I want them to share in all that I am. I want to be able to bless them. That's love. And so we are the people that God adopted. Uh, we are the people God crowned and ordained. Okay. Royal priesthood. Say royal, royal. Priesthood. priesthood. And I'm saying I'm asking you to say this because it's not in, it's not good enough for me to just read it. You got to believe it. You have to own what the Lord is saying to you because it does not matter if you have the intellectual knowledge. It doesn't matter if you know what's in the Bible if you don't believe it. And so, yeah, some people can wrestle with how what some stuff means because 
We're talking about translating stuff from ancient Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek into modern English. And we got all these English translations. I understand that. And so there's room for interpretation. But on the foundations of faith and part of those foundations of faith being who God made us, you must believe. There's no power without belief. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay, because what to please him, you must believe him, believe that he I'm I'm blanking. It's uh, either Hebrews or James, but you must have to believe that he is and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Okay, and so my message is simple. We are the people God chose. We are the people God crowned as royal co-heirs with Christ and ordained as priests so that we no longer have to go to a priest, a pastor to serve as the intermediary. Now we can join our faith together, okay? I have no problem joining our faith together, but I wanna make sure that you know that you can get a prayer through, that God will hear you if you speak to him, and, and there's no preferential treatment between me and you. We just have different assignments. We have different callings that are supposed to come together. We're different pieces of the same puzzle, but we are all pieces of that puzzle and so you are a royal because your father is the king of kings, uh, priest, part of a priesthood, together. And not only that, this just popped in my mind, not only that, together we are supposed to be those that intercede for the world. Okay? People that are in the world don't know. When I say in the world, not saved, not Christian, they don't know what they lack from the Lord because they don't really believe him. And so they don't know to how to be blessed like you've been blessed. They don't know how to trust when things get deep, dark. They don't know to lay their burdens down at the altar. Sometimes they're trying to figure it out themselves. And so they need the royal priesthood to be interceding for them, to be praying for them, to be showing them the way, to be demonstrating love, mercy, and unconditional charity, okay? Royal priesthood. And so in times like this, when we see an entire nation under attack by another nation, is sovereignty threatened, people across the sea, when you see that that nation that is under attack has allies that have abdicated its responsibility that was put in writing to support them um, and are kind of waiting it out to see, and you see the people on the ground, you see them, you see Christians in Wild, in not wilderness, in winter, in cold, laying down, praying in the Ukraine. Like we come together with them, our brothers and sisters in faith, and we intercede. Okay, we don't just pretend this is something else on our news feeds. If anybody's hearts are broken about what's happening in the world, if anybody's hearts are broken about what's happening in the community, if anybody's hearts are broken about what's happening in your household, it should be Christians. Not, man, they should have done this. So they know that like this foolishness that I see permeating the Twitterverse and Facebook where everybody went was a everybody was an expert on pandemics before. And now everybody's an expert expert on foreign policy. Now, meanwhile, people are dying. And there are literally people on the side of the invaders that are pleading for their nation not to do what they're doing. And so our posture is not one of expertise because we're not the experts. Our posture is one of intercession. We must pray. And so before I even get into the rest of the message, let's pray. Lord God, I want to thank you, Lord, 
that you've given us this power of intercession, Lord. I've seen the images. I've seen the interviews where people are recording and saying, I'm not leaving. If I have to defend my home, I'll defend my home. And we and the seeing the leader saying, we're not seeking war, but you won't catch us in our backs. You'll see us face to face. Uh, Lord, we've seen the pleas. We've seen Christians, believers praying. We've seen their leaders, their spiritual leaders say that if we have, if we lose this nation and we have to go back underground, the church will continue to survive. Lord, be with your people. Be with your people. Be with your people. You've anointed us as a royal priesthood, Lord. You've anointed us as brothers and sisters across the planet, respect, irrespective of tribe and ethnicity, irrespective of any of that. And Lord, we know that these type of things are happening worldwide, Lord, but this is the one that we can see. So this is the one we are praying over right now. Lord, I'm praying for you to keep those who are seeking peace. Lord, the word teaches that blessed are the peacemakers. Lord, let us see that in the real time. Let us see that in the real world. Let's let's raise up peacemakers that are in positions of power that will help quell this violence, Lord. Quell this selfish, greedy, harmful ambition. Lord, let us pray. Lord, we don't understand everything. I don't pretend that we understand everything. But Lord, our hearts hurt with the visual the clarity that we can see bombings happening, people dying, people pleading for peace, Lord, I pray for peace. And in the meantime, give them strength of resolve, Lord. Give them hope, if in nothing else, that you are there with them. In Jesus' name, we bless you and pray. Amen. We are that royal priesthood. So if anybody's going to intercede on behalf of those that are missing and need, it's got to be us. And so we're not just that, we, we're a holy nation. We are the people that God set apart and united with him, with him, united with him. And so the, one of, the, one of the, the, the epidemics in Christian faith, at least from what I see here, is that people want to say they believe in God, but they don't even actually own the idea that they've been set apart by him. Like, I know him, I believe in him, he blesses me, but I'm not holy. No, you're holy the moment he assigns you um, your place in the family. You have been set apart whether your actions show that or not. Now, the word, uh, uh, Paul uh, appeals to us, be holy because your father is holy, meaning act like you're holy. Not that you're not set apart. If you believe, you've been set apart. If you believe, you've been set apart. Let me say it again. For those of us who, who have our minds pushed so that we're not in the front seat mentally, we're in the back of the stadium in our, in our minds. If you believe, you are holy. He made you holy and not holy as an individual, holy as a collective, a nation, holy nation. And so we're the people that God set apart and united with him and put his name on us. That's what it's saying here. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Okay. We're God's special possession. In this world, if anybody is going to make something happen on God's behalf, it's us. If anybody is going to stand and speak from the heart of God, it's us. Okay? And so what I'm saying this morning is simple. It's that we are the people. Everybody is always waiting for somebody else to do something. Everybody is always waiting for someone else to come up 
and, and take the burden, someone else to rise to the challenge, someone else even in our own families to do the hard thing, to bring up the difficult conversation, even in our own job spaces to be the one that stands up for something's right. Even then, we're looking for someone else when God said, no, that's why I made you. I made you to be the difference. And the problem and one of the reasons why the church has such a negative reputation is because we keep passing the buck to the world. I, you know, we go, <laughs> they're sinners, and so we're not going to really know. that. Where is that? Let me tell you, just so we get a clear understanding, the word teaches we're not even to judge sinners. If we're going to cast judgment on anyone, it's other believers in our faith, in our community of faith. That's who we're supposed to judge. We're not, and, and of course, ourselves, ourselves. And so um, we are the people. And so we are the people that are carriers of the cross. We're carriers of the good news. The good news that overcomes the bad news. And what's that bad news? That bad news is kind of look in, in verse 10 where it says, once you were not a people. Well, that's the bad news. That pre-Christ, we're not a people. Without Christ, we're without mercy before God. Okay? And so here it says, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And so you and me and every single one of us that has a sincere belief that Jesus Christ is Lord, is Messiah, is the anointed one. I don't care if you agree with their political party. I don't care if you agree with their style. I don't care if back in the day they did you harm. If we have the same belief that Jesus Christ is resurrected Lord and King and we have submitted to that truth as the governing foundation of our lives, the stone, that it, well, the cornerstone, if we got that, then... We are together. We are together a people who have received mercy. Okay? So that's the good news. We receive mercy. Y'all know what mercy is? Because it's not the same thing as grace. Right? Mercy means you don't get what you do deserve. That's mercy. Like when Jesus said, if they strike you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. Well, we all know if somebody smacked you in the face, what they deserve? They deserve to get smacked back. That's what they deserve. But what Jesus teaches is a way of mercy. And then Peter carries that message forth that no, we are recipients of that mercy as a people. Because what? The smackdown was coming for us. Because we had lived in a state of offense before God. Okay? And so we receive mercy. We did not get what we do deserve. And then we also receive grace. Which is we do get what we don't deserve. Grace. What is grace? It's unmerited favor. It means you didn't earn it. It means you can't earn it. Okay? The blessings of God, when it comes to salvation, cannot be earned. It's another misconception that believers have. I'm trying to get myself right with God. The only way you can get yourself right with God is submission, not action. Submission 
continual submission to the truth. And then because you've accepted the truth, then your actions follow. But you can't action first your way into the kingdom of God. Okay? One of the many misconceptions that we, we accept. And so looking at this verse 10 and understanding what it says, uh, that we are a people, we are the people of God, and we've received mercy, I, I'm in good, I'm good, right? We're going to heaven, right? Yes. No judgment, no pain, no suffering. We're going to be in the, king, the new kingdom, the new heaven, new earth um, that is mentioned at the end of Revelation. Uh, we're going to have the place prepared for us, the house with many, the houses with many mansions that Jesus speaks on, where the streets are paved with gold. And, and people, in my mind, it always mix it up because they think streets paved with gold and they think glamour. I think common. It will make gold like nothing, because if gold is what you walk on, then it's worthless. And so we will be so far beyond this material need and desire that gold is what will be what we tread our feet on. That's how I see it uh, when I see streets paved with gold. And so now that we understand that piece, okay? Now what? Now what? Now what? That we know that we are a people, we are the people. Well, it goes back to the title of the message. Now that we know that, we need to understand that we are a people for the people. We are a people for the people. I keep throwing out faith misconceptions because I want to kill as many of these as I can. And one of them is that Christianity is about your individual blessing, about your individual prosperity. And so that you get saved so God can pour out blessing on your life and give you money and cause and healing and all this other stuff. And absolutely, he can grant you those things. But anybody that centers their preaching um, and anybody that centers their faith teaching on these things is a liar. Because what Matthew 6 teaches is that if you seek ye first the kingdom of God, you'll have all these things added unto you. Those things are food, clothing and shelter. Food, clothing and shelter. They're not extravagance. They're not opulence. And let's be real about this. If you do a wealth calculator and you put your income in there, you are almost 100% likely to be in the top 2% of income on earth. You live in opulence now. You're one of the most rich people on earth now. Okay? Right now. $30,000 a year? Rich. Go to the rest of the world. You rich. Western, I mean, you, you don't go to Paris. Paris is not an example of the rest of the world. You got all of South America, all of the desert of Africa, I mean, which is oil, but, you know, whatever. Um, you know, you've got cold, highly overpopulated China, highly overpopulated India with a billion people each. Right. And then think of this place where you have food abundantly to the point where one of the major crises in our nation is obesity. Not having food is not the problem. Choosing what to do with our overabundance of food options, that's our issue. Wealthy, okay? We are over, we are opulent in the eyes of most of the world, okay? So don't even, don't even think that we, you know, we're in some kind of per, like prosperity. No, 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 we've got it, y'all. You've got it. Like you may want more. I want more. I want to be able to pass more down to my kids, but that's not what God is. That's not what God is talking about when he said he'll provide. And that's not what he's talking about when he's talking about the reward for seeking the kingdom. Okay? So what he wants 
what he desires uh, for those once he saves and secures us is he wants us to be a people for the people, all the people on the outside of the body of Christ. Okay, think about this. Before you knew who Jesus was, what was it that brought you to him? What was it that convinced you that he was a good idea? It was other people of God. Somebody's testimony, somebody's story, somebody's kindness, somebody's love. It was a person who accepted that they are a person for the people. That blessing is not to be gotten, uh, received and hoarded. That blessing is something to be a conduit. I receive and then I give. I receive and then I give. Okay? So, uh, it can be difficult. This whole church starting, launching, planting thing can be difficult. Why? Um, even understanding who we are as people. Well, one is because of the people we're in the South. Uh, Jacksonville is still regular South. Uh, we're not in Orlando and we're not in Miami. Like Jacksonville is regular South. It's like South Georgia. Okay. Um, it's just like North Carolina. There's churches everywhere. The people of the South are very religious. Religious. They believe in the practices that look like faith. They go to church. They go to Easter service. They want their, even if they don't go to church, many, many people in the South, the majority even, still want to be married in churches, by pastors. They still want, when their family members die, they still want a man of faith or a woman of faith to preach a eulogy. They often still want their family to be um, buried in a church owned or church named after or church adjacent, um, you know, plot in the ground. Like we are a very religious people in the South. And I would venture to say in America. So uh, when we talk about where people for the people like I, I need you to not take for granted that just because somebody is religious means they actually have a real relationship with God. Just because the city has a lot of churches doesn't mean it's a safe place for the cross. Uh, Jacksonville has lots and lots of churches. I mean, North Carolina, I remember like when I go, I'm from Eastern North Carolina, right? When me and my wife would go home and we're going straight to my mom's house, you got to cut through a bunch of backwoods. You get off I-95 near Fayetteville. Um, and then you go up and around a little bit till you get to Goldsboro, then Dudley, which is the little bitty dot that's not even really on the map that I live in. Between I-95 and my mama's house is probably 20, 30, maybe even 40 miles maximum. One of my favorite hobbies is counting the churches, counting the churches in that little back, you know, that little 40 minute ride from we, when we get off 95 to, my, to the, my mama's door. Just for reference, there are two churches in my neighborhood that I grew up in, two. One, you get out and you walk down to St. Andrew's Community Christian Church. But then if you turn right here and walk up the street, there's this little family church called something Corinthian, whatever. I never went to that one. I went to that one. Um, but in that little 30, 40 minute drive, 41, 41 churches. If you've ever been on Chafee Road, right here, Chafee Road, you get off the Chafee Road exit. If you made a right you would go um, toward the Beaver Road intersection, and that's kind of where I used to live. But if you go left, you're going to find three churches where if you stand at the middle one and you had like some heavy rocks, you could throw the rock and hit all three churches. That's how close they are. We got religion. 
Okay? We got religion. But when I say we are people for the people, we got to understand that the people of churches, most people that go to churches, most people that have a church experience, most people that show up, they're consumers of an experience. They're not Christians. They're consumers of an experience. They go, they hear a good word, they feel good. And then they go back out and nothing has changed. They feel inspired enough to modify their behavior, modify their outlook, but they've never been born again. So we've given them religion and motivation and they still need a people that's for the people. You know, so you got the people of Jacksonville. Jacksonville knows about church. I've been in Jacksonville for almost eight years now. Jacksonville knows about church. Okay, uh, the people of Arlington in this area, we know about church. I mean, there's a church right over, okay, I don't know which direction I'm pointing, right over here, there's some churches down the street. There's like three churches between Terry Parker High School and our, you know, the, the, the intersection right in front of JU. There's like three, four churches right there, okay? We, we got churches everywhere, but still to this day, if you surveyed every single person in this city and asked them like five or six questions about biblical Christian belief and whether they agree or disagree, most of the people, the majority of the people, whether they go to church every single week or they go to church on Easter alone or they never step foot in the church, most of them, the overwhelming majority of them are not going to have a biblically sound Christian belief. In fact, they may harbor beliefs that directly contradict. And so if they do, guess what? They still just religious. They haven't been made a holy people. They haven't become part of the family. You must be born again. What do you mean I have to be born again? I got to come out of my mama's womb? No, 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 no. You must be born again. And so how are they going to get that message if there's not a people to send and share that message? You know, so I'm going to go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 real quick. And I'm just going to look at verses 18 through 20. Um, and y'all won't see this one on the screens when y'all are watching this because, uh, just because you won't. <laughs> um, so second Corinthians chapter five, verses 18 through 20 says all this being salvation and all the wonderful gifts and blessing of God, all this 18 is from God who did what? Who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What's that mean, Ernest? That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, doing what? Not counting people's sins against them. It's not done yet. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are Therefore, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. What's that appeal? We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's what the church be. That's why we are a holy nation. Not so we can look up at ourselves and say, yes, I'm holy. Not so we can look down at others and say, yeah, you I am holy, not so we can 
you know, meet on Sundays and have a religious practice. No, to be the facilitators of a message that God is not out to get you. He actually sent us to share that he has saved you and all you need to do, all you need to do is believe. And I say that because we have to understand ancient culture, there was no separation between what you believed and what you did. If you didn't do it, you didn't believe it. We, we as a culture accept all kinds of blends of what believing and doing are. But no, if they say believe, they mean your actions then match what you believe. So we are those who are reconciled through Christ. We are those given the message of reconciliation. We are Christ's ambassadors, okay? We are committing to making his appeal through us. Can I get an amen? amen? Like, I hope that that's why we're here. I mean, y'all gave up a Saturday. I, and, and Saturday is a value. <laughs> Anytime is valuable. Saturday, like, I, I want to make sure, and you're watching on Sunday. I, I, I really want to make sure that we understand, like, we are not doing this. Man, listen, let me be honest. If I just wanted to start a church, if I just wanted to be a pastor, I would have stayed in Durham, North Carolina, where people already knew me as a man of God, already had seen me work in ministry for 10, 12 years, and already respected my talents, my gifts, my contributions to the community. If it was just about starting a church so I could be somewhere preaching, I would have stayed in Durham, North Carolina. That would have been the path of least resistance. I could be there right now. I could be there right now. I may not even have to start a church. I was ordained in the Missionary Baptist denomination I could have done what everybody else done. I could have finished my MDiv. I could have candidated. I could have been pastor in a church wearing a suit and tie every Sunday if it was just about pastoring. Y'all understand me? Like this, this was a sacrifice moving to Florida. I have no family in Florida. It is me and my wife. And at the time, we didn't even have these two kids. We have no family here except you all that God has given us since we got here. We knew no one. And so I am not here for just to have fun. I'm not here just to preach. I could be a podcaster. I could be a YouTuber. This is about being the body of Christ. It is about on honoring the fact that since we've been reconciled, we've also been given the message of reconciliation. And so it's, if I've been given the message of reconciliation, what it says here is that it's as if God is making his appeal through us. Well, how is he doing that? Okay. How is he doing that with higher definition church specifically? Okay. Look at my time. I'm still under 40 minutes. Hallelujah. Okay. We are committing to making his appeal through us. Launch day is coming. Okay. Don't have, I have a penciled in date, but. Uh, it's not pen. It's not in pen by any means. Uh, but before we even get to launch day, we have to do pre-launch prep. And that's what this this day. That's why people are gathered here today to prepare, to begin preparing in sincerity 
for that launch. In fact, you can call it spring training. Uh, in fact, the next series that I'm teaching in the month of March is called spring training. Okay, it's called spring training. Anybody ever play baseball or softball? I did when I was a kid. So this is going to be a kind of a baseball analogy this next month, um, the month of March. But before we even get there, um, before we get to you know spring training and all that, what we need to do now is kind of two P's. There's two P's uh, that have to be addressed now. One is prayer. Okay, prayer. We need to be praying. We need to be praying beyond our needs because we're coming together as a group of people. We need to be praying. We need to watch the news, look at our social media, see the burdens and the pain and pray for those. Pray that God intervene. Pray that God equip us. Pray that God position us to be a blessing where the opportunity presents itself. Okay. Pray for our team. Pray for your pastor, your leaders. Pray. We need to be in prayer, okay? Uh, three particular things we can pray for. One is provision. Provision, we can be praying for provision. Uh, we will continue to need financial provision. And so we pray for provision. That's why I thank everybody that gives, everybody submitted to tithing and offering because uh, it is a blessing and we need it in order to do what we're trying to do. Um, and so uh, we need to be praying for continued provision, increased provision, all of that. Uh, we need to be praying over the plan. Can I tell you something? Can I be honest with you? Pastoring a church is messy. Okay. Doing ministry is messy. Why? Because people are messy. We are messy. We, we're not perfect. We don't have, we don't, you know, what is it? Dot all the eyes. I was about to draw a triangle for some reason, but everything doesn't always connect the way it's supposed to connect. And, and I, and when we get into the training session, I'll share some more about some stuff that just popped up. But we need to be praying for the plan that God's hand is on it. Not that it flow the way we wanted to flow, because that flew out the window two years ago. OK, but that God have his hands on us and our plans. And third for power, because I can't stand the idea of doing church just to say we're doing church. If God's not in it, I don't want to be in it. It's like Exodus chapter 33, when God is having a conversation with Moses and, and God and God tells Moses, like, this is the land you're going to and that's where you're going to be blessed. And it's like, okay, that's great. But if you don't go there, if you don't go ahead of us, don't send me. Don't send me there. Like, by no means do I want to go there if you're not already there. Okay. And then Moses got greedy and was like, yeah, show me your glory. And God's like, yeah, you can't see my glory, but you can see the cloud. That's a whole other thing. Okay, so we can be praying for provision, the plan, and the power. Okay? And then there's the practical piece. Okay? There is the prayer piece, and then there's the practical piece. This is, like, when we're praying, we're praying over the things that we do not yet have control over and may never have control over. <laughs> i give you an example. I was talking to my sister, Yvette. Um, and there was a situation, my mom was not answering the phone. And if you know, I've talked to y'all, my mom has had a few medical issues over the last couple of years and she's getting on an age and she suffers from diabetes and high blood pressure, all that stuff. Right. So, um, my sister Yvette was uneasy about not being able to connect with mom and I hadn't been able to connect with mom either. And so Yvette made up in her mind that the next morning she was going to go home to see mom. Okay. Uh, and I'm sure she's okay with me sharing this. <laughs> but uh, 
She went home to mom. She got to mom. She got to the door. The screen door was closed, was locked. Yeah, got screen doors, anybody? Because that, that, I used to love screen door. I wish I could, that's extra money. But I, I wish I had one on my house. I love just had a door open, but still be able to see outside. That's just nice and country. That's me. Uh, but um, she gets there, can't get in. She has a key to the house, but you know, you can't do anything if the screen door is locked. It doesn't matter because you can't even get to the regular door. Um, so mom comes up, Yvette's knocking, mom comes up with a big smile on her face. If you also know my mom, and most y'all don't know her, but y'all know that she doesn't really display unprovoked emotion, okay? <laughs> she's very calm and stoic, and, uh, and so she comes beaming out. She's beaming. And Yvette's like, why, why, why are you so smiling? What are you doing, mom? And my mom tells her that she thought about going to the neighbor's house to have them call, because what happened was the power was out. Mom forgot to pay the bill. Um, you know, she's getting older. But she forgot to pay the bill. She was going to go over and call somebody, blah, blah, blah. She's like, nope. God, send Yvette here. That's my sister's name. Send Yvette here, okay? She's praying, send Yvette here. And here's the thing. And I think I'm getting, oh, yeah, I'm over my time. Well, hitting my time limit. But she she prays for Yvette, to, for God to send Yvette. Yvette shows up with mom and Yvette like didn't know and what we sometimes don't understand is that Yvette had already been sent by God mom did not pray that until 10 minutes before Yvette arrived okay couldn't get in contact with her because the phones all this other mess so the prayer was enacted in 10 you know 10 minutes but the vision was cast the night before like I'm going to go check on mom and so God's working behind the scenes through prayers. They make waves that we can't even understand. They don't submit to time and order and sent. They don't. They don't. So my mom was beaming because it's like, I knew I prayed he would send you. And here you are. And for her, it's like that. But for Yvette, she had been tarrying on it all night and worrying about it. And it was convicted that she was going to go. It was two completely different experiences, both motivated by faith. And what happened was the prayer in the supernatural reached back in time, troubled my sister and moved her so that she became a 10 minute answer to my mama's prayer. 10 minute answer. And when I say that, I'm, like they, she lives an hour away. It's not, a, it's not a short drive. She lives an hour away from my mom. So that's why I'm saying like this was strategical. This is God at work. So that's the stuff that's beyond our control, but there's stuff that's in our control. And there's four things, they're, and they're a mix of physical and digital. Number one is physical outreach. Physical outreach, like actually going into the community, doing stuff with the community. This can take a couple of forms. One is events. And we did a trunk or treat in October. Uh, that was an actual event that gave us an opportunity to meet people in the community. We had some people from the community come by. There are other events we could do. We could do a game day or something like that in the springs, you know, whatever. Uh, we can do those. So that, that requires planning. Uh, that requires volunteer support, all of that. So there's that. But then there's also this vision that I had in my mind or have in my mind of two by two. Because Jesus, when he first sent out disciples, he sent them out two by two, and he only had 12. He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God. And we can also do that. It doesn't take any planning, effort, or whatever to take two people to go to a basketball court, hand out water bottles, and invitations to the next church function or whatever. Uh, it doesn't take anything for, uh, you know, for us to send, you know, send people with a bunch of quarters 
and you know some invite cards to a dry cleaners and say, hey, we're here to bless you today. We're paying for your laundry two by two. So the vision is physical outreach. It, it, it doesn't have to be five people. It doesn't have to be 20 people. Just two by two. You get a couple people to agree to do something each weekend. Something each weekend. Then we can begin to actually minister to and care for and, and show the community around us that people of God actually care about their affairs because we do. We're not doing it for fun. We're doing it because God has a purpose in our physical outreach. Second is digital outreach. So physical outreach, digital outreach. And digital outreach deals with the social media aspect. Utilizing our social media to reach people um, and, and supporting the, you know, it takes a lot of time and effort to do the content creation and share and you finding out what hashtags or whatever, whatever the best way is. That's another element of effort. Um, the digital outreach. There's the digital infrastructure where we could we, we need support there. Uh, and that is in building and maintaining the, the website, the new website that's already been started but has not been completed. The app that we have available to us um, that's digital infrastructure. It's areas we can point people to like, hey, yeah, you can download our app. We've got messages. We've got this, this, this. You know, you can go to our website. You can hook up with us this way. So digital infrastructure is an area where people can help us. Uh, we should be praying for God to send these people because all this is harvest work. And then for physical infrastructure, call physical infrastructure our Sunday service support. The people that are helping us make the services happen so that on a Sunday morning when we're having a, a service in our location, uh, there are people there helping guide parking. There's a smiling face welcoming them. There's somebody that is ushering them to a seat. We've got a worship team or worship leader in place to sing. We, we've got a message being, we got people that sole focus is making that experience a blessing. Every element of that experience a blessing. Uh, and so that's physical infrastructure. And so what I'm asking for is people to join us on the prayer journey and people to join us on a practical journey that are in this room and that are beyond our, like beyond this room within our reach. Uh, and so real simple, if you're going to join us on this journey, because I, I plan on sending uh, updates and messages and things to encourage you uh, in your in your participation, I'm inviting anyone that is going to be a part of this pre-launch prep and helping us get this thing started to text the word reach, text the word reach to this number, 904 582-3230. Texting the word REACH, R-E-A-C-H, to 904-582. I think it's 582. Is it 582 or 584? I didn't went mentally blank. Um, a 3230. In fact, let me see if I can find it, just to be sure. I don't want to tell y'all a lie. And if I am telling y'all wrong, what I'll do is I'll make sure that it is on the... Uh, on my graphics uh, that's going to be up here. So you're going to text reach. So that's where we are. You know, this is a messy process. It's been a messy process. In fact, church period is a messy process since the pandemic happened. Nothing has gone the way anybody has wanted to do anywhere in America. It's just kind of how it's going. And so we are believing and trusting the Lord to continue to provide the way, same way that he has, faithfully loving us, giving us opportunities to, um, to do, to serve, uh, to support. And so we're going to close this out. We're going to pray. 
now. We're going to pray for two things. One, we're going to pray for... Um, we're going to pray for this day um, that everybody be blessed. And we're going to pray for the vision of this ministry. So let's pray. Lord God, I want to thank you and praise you for this day. You woke us up with new mercy this day, holding back any negative that we do deserve. But you also woke us up with new grace this day, having favor that we have not earned, simply earned by Jesus the Christ. And so, Lord, for many of us that have been walking in a tainted direction of faith, uh, walking and, and not fully embracing who it is you called us to be and the fact that you called us to come together to be the people for the people or be a people for the people, Lord, help us repent. Simply put, Lord, help us acknowledge that sin of forsaking the group and, and playing our own for our own benefit, Lord, and thank and, and repent help us repent and walk in a way that benefits the group, the group of us that are committed to being carriers of the message of reconciliation. Allowing God to make his appeal through service and through sharing our testimony, through sharing your word. Lord, lead us to be blessed in that way. Lead us, provide us the harvest workers. Encourage us, strengthen us, so that when we face the difficulty and challenges, when we face the, the pivots that, are, that happen because things don't go exactly the way we plan, Lord, I pray you bless us. Give us strength, give us resolve, and let us firmly lean on each other so that we keep the standard up of walking with you, submitted to you. We love you, Lord. I pray your blessing over this community, Lord. I pray your blessing over this church, Lord. I pray your blessing over those, because I know we're not the only church in the area trying to sincerely serve you. I pray for all the believers that are out there trying to make a difference for the kingdom, trying to benefit people in their real day-to-day -day lives. Uh, I thank you that we are praying not only for our community, but communities beyond um, our reach for the Ukraine and the conflict in Europe. Lord, for people that are as far away as the village we support in Kenya, Lord, I pray that you are blessing your believers everywhere to be those that carry an impact, that those that do the work and those that own their position with you. And as we shift into spring training, Lord, I pray that you will help us get our mind right and be ready for game time when that day comes. In Jesus' name, we bless you and pray. Amen.